This episode of Policing Matters is sponsored by Kenwood. We are committed to providing modern turnkey critical communication solutions for today and the future. Well, hello and welcome back and thank you for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, one of my favorite cop films is Blade Runner, where Harrison Harrison Ford is in the title role and he's a detective tracking down replicants. And at the beginning of the movie and elsewhere in the film, we see uh, the investigators using this uh, contraption that examines the eye during questioning. And could this ever be used to replace the polygraph? Uh, it's, it's in the future, right? Well, today's uh, guest will shed some light on uh, contraptions that are being used today that may be used uh, in telling truth, just as a polygraph does today. So my guest is... Um, is Gil Witt. He's a published polygraph examiner and he's an instructor for the world-renowned Peak Credibility Assessment Training Center. Mr. Witt has been a keynote and guest speaker at numerous national and international conferences. He's also successfully developed polygraph programs from the ground up in foreign countries. He has experience in public, private, and government sectors. He has a background in psychology and has native command of Spanish. Mr. Witt is a member of the American Polygraph Association, the American Associate Association of Polygraph um, Polygraphists, and current president of the California Association of Polygraph Examiners, known as CAPE. Welcome to the show, Mr. Witt. Thank you very much for having me here. It's really a pleasure. So great seeing uh, your background. You have a master's degree in psychology. Is that is that a prerequisite for a polygrapher? No, no, no. That's uh, that's something that I came into this field uh, with. I had a background in psychology, and this field just kind of um, seemed extremely exciting and interesting to me. So I came in. Uh, with a background in psychology um, in order to be a polygraph examiner. I mean, for the American Polygraph Association, um, you need a four-year degree to become a full member. Um, Individuals that have less education than that can still become members. They would just be listed as an associate member. Okay, so to entry-level people, um, the polygraphs used on just about every agency to hire uh, uh, police officers, law enforcement officers. Some use them for promotional steps. And I've probably taken three or four over my career for job applications and federal security clearances uh, from the FBI and Department of Homeland Security for secret and top secret clearance. Um, to entry level people, tell me what's the scariest part of the process. Um, they, your students tell me they're not afraid of the the written or the physical or even the psychological, but it's the polygraph. And why is that so? That's a great question. Um, I, I think polygraph is misunderstood. I mean, polygraph, even, even within agencies that 
do use polygraph. I really don't think that a lot of the hierarchy probably understand how well polygraph works or how accurate polygraph is. Then you have the media, movies, television, all showing you something about polygraph. I mean, you were talking about Blade Runner. That's not that far from what polygraph is supposed to do. So it becomes very, very, very scary. It becomes a very scary topic, um, but it really shouldn't be a scary topic. I, I, I think for most law enforcement applicants and individuals that want to make this a career, I think there's a misunderstanding as to what they should disclose on an application booklet. And I think that's scary because everybody, everybody has a past. Everybody has done things that they wish they didn't do. And that's just growing up. That's just life. That's just being people being immature, doing what immature people do. And now you're being asked to talk about all of these things to the police. I mean, that's scary. That is scary on, on itself. Um, a psychological test, uh, you try to be as honest as you can, uh, written exams, you can, you can study for them and get better. But when it comes to a lie detector, that, that has to be a very scary process because applicants don't, don't know what is going to be a disqualifier or not. Right. It's, it's the fear of the unknown. That's what I keep hearing. But yeah. in, in preparing for, for the podcast, you and I talked and you said something that really struck me. And that was that truthful people tend to overthink things. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think um, applicants that are trying to be truthful, they, they over-worry and over-analyze questions and they want to disclose absolutely everything. And that is actually not a problem. That is actually good. And the opposite is almost happens on the individuals that are not truthful. They try to minimize and rationalize. So it's a, it's a very interesting difference of, in mindsets of someone who's being truthful. And the best advice that I have for someone who's looking for a job in law enforcement is be truthful. Like seriously, there, there's very little activities or behaviors that would be actually the, considered disqualifiers mm. nowadays. Everybody has done things that they, that they wish they didn't do, as I said before. And it is fine. Uh, just put it down, disclose it, and you'll be surprised that most people will continue in the hiring process even after saying those things. And when it comes to the polygraph, um, if they need to explain more or add more details to their stories because they've been now thinking about whatever they wrote down for weeks and weeks and weeks, right? Like um, you fill out your PIQ, PHS or whatever paperwork the agency uses and they tell you, okay, polygraph is coming in two, three weeks. You're gonna spend those two, three weeks thinking about your past. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I just thought about this, or I just thought about that. Can I say this? Can I not say that? Is this what it really means? And all of those thoughts are fine. Just come in, be truthful, and you are just going to do just fine. You really yeah. are. Okay, that's good advice. Yeah, and in internal affairs, the, the motto is that, you know, whatever you've done may be mitigated, but the, the motto is if you lie, you die. And that's, that's, that will seal your fate. That, that, that's true. Um, the, way, the way I try to explain this to people is like, listen, you're not perfect and you've made mistakes. It's just about 
right now at this stage in your life do you have that character, that characteristics of integrity and honesty to actually do the job? But your your errors are your errors, and you can't change them. They're there. Right. So can you really tell if someone's lying uh, by using the machine or are you considering other factors? It's always been a mystery. Do you, sure. do you use a method to determine um, in an in interviewing, we've learned the uh, truth-telling style that you do some pre-work to, to see um, what the truth-telling style is because sometimes people do put their hands on their mouth and doesn't mean they're lying or they look up right. or they look down and that doesn't mean they're lying. That's the way they talk. Do you, you yeah. use something similar? Um. Uh, within polygraph school, the one thing that they really hone down is there's a model saying, trust your charts, mm-hmm. which that means is every human has um, uh, some sort of bias or, you know, they like somebody, they don't like somebody. You can't believe this person is lying to you. You get, you get attached to humans. That is just a very human thing. But if the charts say you're lying, you're lying. So we, we go with the charts. We go with the technology. Polygraph by itself is an instrument, and that instrument does what it does very well. It just records the physiology. You do need someone trained, properly trained, I'll say that, someone who's properly trained in this science to make it work. I mean, it is it's been studied for decades, we have studies coming from the University of Utah over 40 years. The National Academy of Sciences looked into polygraph. We have a lot of research in polygraph and these are things that are misunderstood. No one thinks it's really that accurate. Hmm. But when we look at those studies, I mean, it all comes down to we are over 90% accurate. We can't say we're perfect. There's no such thing as perfection in this world. But our, our device is over 90% accurate in single issue specific um, examinations, diagnostic examinations. And we're pretty good. We're pretty reliable at that. Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge our sponsor and we'll be right back. At Kenwood, we make sure first responders have mission critical radio systems that work no matter what. When the mission is critical, no one has time for complexities or static or system failures, it has to work perfectly in the worst conditions. That's why Kenwood focuses on innovating, developing, and implementing the highest quality secure communication solutions to organizations whose mission is to protect and save lives. We ensure you will always have the lifeline you need when you need it. We make safe, simple, Visit us online at www.efjohnson.com. And, you know, urban legend says that you may be able to (laughs) defeat the process by thinking hard about a negative thought or throughout the process, uh, maybe even placing a tack in your shoe and stepping on it during the interview. I mean, if you go to the web there, if you hit polygraph, almost immediately the, the sites that pop up are how to defeat a polygraph. And they say, I'll oh, be extra nice to the uh, polygraphist mm-hmm. and these other things. Any of those true? Uh, no. And, and I've seen all of those websites. I mean, we do this for a living. So we do check the websites and we, we are interested in the mindset of the applicants. And I know that most applicants and most individuals that are taking a polygraph test, 
has looked up polygraph because it's scary. I mean, even a medical process, if someone tells you, you got to take X, Y, C process because of a medical condition, you're going to read it up. I mean, so it is normal for people to read up on processes. Hmm. What the internet tells you to do, it's the easiest way for you to get kicked out of a police (laughs) building if you do try that. And I'm talking from experience because you would not believe the amount of applicants that we unfortunately have to escort out or they get disqualified because they did follow that website. They did follow Mm. the advice of an individual that tells them that to pass the test, they have to do this or they have to do what. Um, We are trained on seeing what normal physiology looks like and what atypical physiology looks like. And when your physiology is atypical, which means you made this happen, that means you're cheating. And Mm. that's the easiest way for you to get disqualified from the process. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. That's good to know. Okay. So the polygraph was invented in 1920, right here in the Bay area, uh, by a UC Berkeley, uh, physiology scientist, like a hundred years ago. So what's the future look like? Uh, we talked about, you know, the, the, the eye, uh, exam in Blade Runner. Uh, I remember, oh, 15 years or so ago, uh, when I, um, commanded the the juvenile uh, bureau and I had some really great investigator investigators who swore by the computer voice stress analyzer the CVSA and we actually bought one we sent uh, I don't know four or five investigators to the training they swore by it uh, what can you say about that so um, there's a lot of technology in the in the so if we're gonna put polygraph and voice stress and and ID tags and all that, this is called the credibility assessment uh, field. Any, any device that wants to determine deception versus truth telling, we're gonna put that under the credibility assessment field. Um, there is research, there's a lot of research out there and I can talk to you a little bit about that. Um, as of right now, the gold standard, the mega of detection of deception is polygraph. That is, that is the gold standard that we have. There's other technology out there some of it might be interesting for some law enforcement agencies because it's cheaper. You don't have to train uh, a voice stress operator for as long as you have to train a polygraph examiner. A polygraph examiner has to go to training for a long time, 10 weeks straight out of the office, nothing but training. Voice stress, you can get it done within a week, I believe. Um, so it's less investment. Unfortunately, the CVSA doesn't have the research to back it up. Um, It is not as good as detecting deception. If someone is truthful, they should pass that device. That is for sure. If you're being truthful about your background, you should be able to get through a voice stress. But the flip of that is that it doesn't hold the research as well as polygraph as as it deals with someone who's lying, correctly being categorized as a deceptive individual. Um, but it is a great tool for individuals that want to have an interviewing tool. And I believe that is why it's that popular because it's a tool to assist an investigator doing his or her job. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. So I'm at the Blade Runner stage (laughs) and, (laughs) you know, you brought it up uh, again in, in our previous conversations about iDirect, E-Y-E direct or detect, I detect. And um, 
Now that's measuring um, the physiology of the eye during a, an investigation. What's what's the credibility of the eye detect? That so eye detect is like the newest uh, form of credibility assessment that we have nowadays. Um, it seems to have some very good things to offer, much better than CVSA. CVSA didn't come with the research to back it up. There is research behind eye detect that says that it's that it does that it's good at what it does. Um, it's not quite as robust as where I personally would want it to be. Um, the device is a little bit complicated for people to follow along. Um, I can only imagine that with years and technology, it's going to get better. Um, one of the best things that polygraph does, and that comes to the name of polygraph, is that it measures many different channels of the body. That's why polygraph is there, poly meaning many, uh, many writings. So with polygraph, we're measuring not only the electrothermal sister, system, but the cardiovascular system, breathing changes, somatic changes. Um, with the eye detect, we're back to one, which has to do with the pupil eye, eye movements. So it is really good at that, but it does has its drawbacks when it comes to only relying on one single channel of information from uh, to make determinations. Mm. Um, I think it would be a really neat device and if in the future this this kind of channel could be incorporated into the actual polygraph. That would be extremely sweet. I know that there's there's talk about that. Um, um, so a combination of the two systems. That would be that would be that would be the best. I know that there are agencies that are using them in tandem. So you do the ID detect first, then you do the polygraph. So I detect right now, it's not a polygraph replacement. I think if used properly, it's a good addition, whether you use mm. it before the actual polygraph or whether if in the future, the technology can be incorporated into the actual polygraph, that would be really good. Okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, more is better. So I know in the past, uh, reviewing screeners, uh, polygraphers for our police agency, I think the background was something like you had to have 500 um, tests under your belt before you can do them. Is that right? So um, the the standards for every agency should be what the standards should be. So um, the, the, if, I'm a, if I'm the hiring authority, I don't think I would want anyone to tell me what kind of experience to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. So some agencies have polygraph examiners in like a tier one or a level one, level two, level three, and with experience, you grow yeah. up. Um, for the American Polygraph Association, uh, you literally go to school and you are a polygraph examiner with zero tests experience. Um, if I were a law enforcement agency, I would want this individual to work under an experienced polygraph examiner. And this would be kind of like the internship, the mm -hmm. training to develop this individual to become a much better um, polygraph examiner in the past. Um, in California, we have an internship program for those who are members of CAPE, the California Association of Polygraph Examiner. So you get out of school, you're an intern. You're an intern with us for 200, for 100 exams. And once you complete that internship, then you are listed as a full member of our association. 
Um, so it, it is really important that uh, whoever is choosing their polygraph examiner to like to vet them. I mean, they're just because you're new doesn't mean you're bad. Uh, it just means that there's individuals with more experience than you are, just like in law sure. enforcement, right? Sure. Uh, PO1 versus a PO2. Um, so we do have a website, uh, californiapolygraph.com, and we do list everybody that's our member there. So if uh, the agencies that are in California, you can see if you're, you're an intern or you're somebody a little bit more seasoned, more experienced. And the APA, the polygraph.org website does the same thing with their members as well. Okay. And so last question I have is about uh, a failed polygraph. And I know some agencies will allow a candidate to appeal and get a second opinion, if you will. Right. Um, what's the feasibility of that? Have you heard of one polygraph being turned over or is it just a, is it a, a, an exhausting, uh, yeah, uh, wasteful thing by the candidate? That's a great question. Um, so things that we have to start with is that not all polygraph tests are the same. So there are different techniques and formats within polygraphs. So if let's say that I work for agency X and in agency X, we want the most accurate, reliable exam there is. And let's say we go for screening, we use the direct live screening test, which is a very robust, very good polygraph test. And that one is at higher accuracy than other ones. So if an applicant wants to say that that is not a good test and they go to someone else and they take a less, a lesser accurate polygraph test and it has opposite results, um, it's not the same. You're not comparing apples to apples. You have a test that it's less accurate saying that you passed. And this individual that's not even working for the police department may not even have your full background, your full history. So I know that some agencies do that. I do not recommend agencies to do that. Hmm. I think that if an agency wants to retest an applicant, it needs to stay in-house with the same format, with the same processes, with the same accuracy for every single test. And a failed polygraph test doesn't mean that you're a bad individual or bad applicant. It just means something in your mind, pop the memory, an event of something associated with that question. Um, and the minute you can talk about it, the minute you can pass your next test. And I'm talking from experience. I mean, we do that. The agencies that I work with, um, we sometimes give applicants a second, a second shot, a second opportunity. And I can tell you looking at the data of all the exams that we've done that something was in your mind when you thought about that question. All that you have to do is tell us the what. What, what, what came up to mind? And mm. most things can be explained. You can explain it. You take the test. Now you pass and you can continue on with the hiring process because you were able to explain the, the, uh, the process that you were associating with those questions, if, if that kind of makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it reminds me of going to the, the doctors and, uh, you know, they, they take your blood pressure and your height and weight, right? And you're running from the parking lot and you get into your yeah. exam and you sit down and they take your blood pressure and it's high. Well, go figure. And then they say, oh, we'll wait like 10 minutes and take it again. And boom. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we try our best to make the setting perfect for, for applicants. 
Um, so if you come in and you're all kind of stressed out and, and you had an accident on the road driving over to, to your appointment or you were driving a little fast and now you got your first ticket in the last six years and now you just had that. I mean, those are things that your mindset is not going to be perfect for the setting. And as long as we understand what's going on, we can reschedule you. We can try to make you a little bit more calm. We can try to give you a break, you know, have some water, have some, have some snacks. The interview is a long interview. It's not like you're going to come into the polygraph test and be tested immediately. It's, it's, it's about a, uh, about a two hour process. Wow. Okay. You come in, we're going to talk a lot about your background. So when, when it comes to the actual test, you know, the questions, you know what they mean, you know what the expectation is and we give you a good outcome, a good result. That's great. Well, thanks so much, uh, Gil Witt, professional polygraph examiner, president of the California Association of Polygraph Examiners, and you're an instructor for the world-renowned Peak Credibility Assessment Training Center. So how can our listeners uh, find out about your work, uh, your your website again? Yeah, I have a website, gilwitt, uh, G-I-L-W-I-T-T-E.com. Um, uh, I'm listed there. Everything that I do is listed there. Um, thank you for this opportunity. Really, thank you. Oh, no, it's great. I, I know uh, students and, and applicants looking to get into the field, uh, at, like we said at the beginning, you know, they're, they're worried about it. And um, I think you shed some light on, on the situation today that, that may help uh, put some of the applicants in a better frame of mind when they go in for their polygraph. Thanks so much for your work. Thank you, sir. It's my pleasure. And thanks again to our listeners. Thanks for listening. And what do you think? Uh, have polygraphs had an impact on you? Does your agency use them? Um, have you done the, the second try at a polygraph? Love to hear uh, your experience. Uh, send us an email at policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Stay safe. Be well. I'm Jim Dudley. Have a great day.